welcome to Season 5 of Sundays with Wendy, Conversations on Grief. I don't shy away from talking about grief. In this season, it was important to explore these powerful talks in support of our work at the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. Thank you for listening. To learn more, visit BenjaminGoldbergFoundation.org. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with composer, artist, and entrepreneur Murray Hittery to talk about his musical journey through grief after the tragic death of his sister and the creation of Mind Travel and its mission to move people to greater purpose in their lives through music. Welcome, Murray. You know, we met over two years ago. You were so generous to help out the Foundation's Junior Advisory Council on a special project to raise awareness for healing therapies. And we created, over Zoom, a virtual event. It was a live piano experience and coloring meditation that we brought to our local children's hospital. And I remember it was so well received. That's right. Yeah, that was that was a beautiful uh, event we did virtually when we all couldn't come together in person. And it was nice to be able to come together and, and uh, create some magic that way. And a year or so later, I got the pleasure of seeing you live in New York City in Central Park. Yes, it was uh, great to be back out there. And, you know, in a way, the mind travel experience, which I'm sure we'll get into more, really was uh, ideal for kind of the tail end of, of COVID as we all started to come together because they're primarily outdoors, in nature, uh, you know, in New York, it's in places like Central Park, in Los Angeles, it's in places like Santa Monica Beach. Uh, right now I'm in Miami, we just did it on Miami Beach. So again, bringing people in proximity, in closeness to nature, uh, really is an important part of the mind travel experience. I mean, even when we do it in theaters, uh, like we did uh, this past winter in New York at Sony Hall on Broadway, uh, I converted the theater into a naturescape, right? And so, I, I, you know, I think the power of nature in terms of healing, in terms of finding a, uh, a deeper belongingness really can't be overstated. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening and w- when we want to feel that tethering and to really kind of drop into what matters in our most fragile moments. Uh, Nature can cradle us, can kind of hold us in a way that um, few other experiences can. Mm -hmm. Well, it is felt when you were there. Can you tell us how you started Mind Travel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, People ask me like, you know, how long have you uh, (laughs) been working on Mind Travel? Well, you know, in its current incarnation, it's about eight, nine, years old as mind travel, but really it's a lifetime in the making. You know, I started playing music when I was five years old, uh, when I had my first piano lesson. I knew pretty quickly I wanted to be a composer. I felt like I had my own thing to say with music, uh, as opposed to just playing the music of other composers, and ended up studying to be a classical composer and pianist in university. And and at the same time, uh, my interest and curiosity into Eastern ideas, meditation, mindfulness, uh, I started to go down that rabbit hole. And those two worlds, Wendy, started to talk to each other, right? The Mm -hmm. kind of Western classical music, uh, along with Eastern um, philosophy and ideas about states of consciousness. And when those two fused, it kind of created this, this unique soundscape and a soundscape that provided kind of that soundtrack to the outside external world. Uh, of of what we experience, uh, whether it's emotionally through relationships uh, or uh, kind of more spiritually in terms of how we process our relationship with the universe. But at the same time, it's a soundtrack for our internal landscape, 
right? Kind of all the things that we go through emotionally as well. So it's what gets inspired from without and what gets inspired from within. And, and somehow music is able to bridge, you know, these, these worlds, um, kind of taking the circumstances of life that occurs and how we are processing that. Uh, and, and music is this language of emotion. And so we can really take the, the happenings of life and use music to find an expression for them. And certainly that's, that's what it was for me, the, the main inspiration for actually taking what was my own private practice. You know, for many years, I didn't play publicly. I was maybe writing music for other musicians, but I was not on the stage, so to speak, performing and sharing my own music. It was what I did as my own kind of personal musical meditation practice, if you will. Uh, it's what I use to kind of process my own emotional state to uh, reset each day by playing at the piano and being fresh and having clarity, hopefully the next day. But that all shifted when uh, I went through my own intense grief uh, experience. And that was the you know, sudden and tragic death of my little sister in an accident. And I was actually you know, with her as well during that accident. So it was kind of this double whammy of, of an experience where not only did, um, you know, I not have my sister anymore, but I had the additional trauma kind of added to the grief of it that I needed to work through. So there was just a lot tangled up into that experience. You know, at first I was like, oh my, how, how am I even going to get through this? Well, actually at first it's, it's a clear feeling of, I can't get through this. There's no even sense that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And you're just kind of in this uh, abyss, right? And I just turned to what I knew and, and what I knew was music. And I knew how to sit at the piano, whatever I was going through and just play. And when I sit at the piano and play, it's, in, it's an improvisation. It's in the moment. So it's like, whatever's there will come up. And I, I just did that. I did that night after night, hour after hour. And suddenly through the darkness, uh, some space was created and, and just a little glimmering of light started to emerge as I moved through and allowed the music to help me move through what I was, what I was feeling to find some articulation for mm -hmm. what words certainly were not uh, sufficient for. And that really, I think was the core of the, of the process of, of using music to move through the pain. And of course there were times when it was so tempting and, you know, certainly easy to, to distract from the pain. You know, I think for, for all of us, it's a natural instinct to want to avoid pain. Um, the real challenge I think with grief and certainly the more intense it is, is how do we hold that instinct to avoid pain and have the courage to move forward through the pain anyway? The challenge with grief is that, well, of course, A, nobody asks for it. Nobody seeks it or searches for it. It comes to our doorstep. And then it's a question of, well, what do we do with it when it's there knocking on our door? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's certainly tempting to keep the door closed and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't hear any knock. <laughs> you know, like, what um, but at some point, right, the, re the reality of it does set in. And then it's like, okay, what do we do with this? Look, doing what I do, I, I encounter many people with many different stories of grief, each, you know, powerful in their own right. Um, everyone's grief is incredibly unique and incredibly powerful, but I can't tell you how many people will, will go months, years, sometimes decades without addressing it. And, um, 
you know, it's very tempting to do that. But to have the courage to confront it head on, you know, the trouble is that it, it makes you feel worse um, at first before you feel better. <laughs> so who wants to do that? It's not in our nature to be like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, feel more pain. You don't even know if you can come out of it the other side and, and what's there. You just have to have some kind of trust or belief. Um, and of course, having support, whether it's family, friends, or professional support is always um, helpful. It's helpful, but not sufficient. And, right. you know, ultimately the work falls on the individual shoulders. It falls on, you know, your shoulders to, to have responsibility for your own healing. You know, until I did that, uh, I wasn't going to, going to find any movement of that struggle of that pain. But there was that belief that I had that, that I could not just get through this. Cause at first I was like, oh my God, how do I get my life back? But what ended up happening was I got a different life and a much more powerful, profound and empathetic life on the other end of it. And so to come back to your question, that actually at the end of that process is what gave me the inspiration and more than inspiration. It really is what provided the calling to change my life in terms of what I did for, you know, work and, and spending my days and share this experience. So what I do now with mind travel, you know, mind travel didn't exist before the death of my sister. It is because of that experience and using music to move through it. And in a very specific way, this is not just like, oh, let me turn on some favorite songs of mine. No, this is, this is using music in a very intentional way as a process. And that's what provided the inspiration for this completely transformed life of mine, kind of being of service to others, going through something, anything, you know, like that. And the journey has been incredible. And now it's, you know, 10 plus years and going. So it's been a beautiful journey. You know, we've now reached hundreds of thousands of people live with this experience in over a hundred cities. And, you know, I'll, I'll do it till, till I take my last breath. It's amazing. I follow you, of course, on Instagram, but I always love it when I see a concert um, mm -hmm. come up. There's even energy in those in the photos. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we did it here in Miami uh, just recently, a couple of days ago for the first time. And, uh, you know, we, we had a sold out experience with over 600 people. And, and at the end of the music, I invite people to come up to the microphone and, you know, share their experience and one after the other all shapes and sizes, all colors and religions, and you name it, you know, it doesn't matter what the surface level appearance is, right? We all have a very similar uh, human arc, right? Human story. And yes, it involves joy and it also involves pain and mm -hmm. it involves grief and it requires healing. And that's the space that I attempt to curate, you know, is to curate a space uh, for wonder right, to emerge, right? We all get stuck in our routines and life is busy and there's lots of distractions, both, you know, in person and digitally, and we get pulled in so many directions. And rarely do we actually intentionally create space for ourselves to reflect, to process, to emote, to feel, uh, but that's what's needed to have a healthy presence and to show up in the moments of our lives and actually be there. Right. Be there for, you know, that conversation with a loved one. Be there for your work, your passion. To be there uh, just watching a sunset, right? And not be in some other place that's mm -hmm. in the past or in the future, but right here. You know, we often talk about uh, kind of the present moment, but but really do we talk about the benefit of what, like, why do we want to be in the present moment? 
right? And well, the present moment is the intimacy's domain, right? It's where intimacy is available, right? We don't find intimacy in the past, right? Because that because we're by ourselves in the past. We don't find intimacy in the future. We're typically by ourselves in our heads in the future, right? Wondering, worrying, whatever. It's in the present moment. That's the only place we can actually be with someone, to be in conversation, to be in an embrace, to be in lovemaking, to be with nature, to be with whatever's in front of us, be it a flower or a person. And that's intimacy, and that's feeling through life, and that's having a tethering, right, to what really matters. So same thing with grief, right? I mean, so much of the process of grief, I mean, certainly for me, and you know, every, everyone has their own experience, but for me, it was a lot of time spent in the past, right? Thinking about my sister, thinking about memories, beautiful memories and difficult memories. A lot of the time thinking about regret, right? That always comes up. Time thinking about guilt, that comes up. All this stuff starts to come up. It's kind of a game of whack-a-mole in the beginning, right? You're trying to, you know, just deal with all the things that are popping up that you know, are out of our control. They just, they just happen. And then we have to deal with them. We either believe them, right? They're like, well, it's my feeling. It's my thought. It must be true. Well, no, it turns out it doesn't have to be true. Right? <laughs> it's not, it's not, that's not the case. If we can find some space from it, we can say, okay, I understand why that's coming up, but here's the truth of it, right? Uh, as opposed to some interpretation or spin on the story. And once we get through the past, right, then of course the future comes up and says, oh, I won't have another moment with my sister. I won't grow old with her. I won't uh, have shared memories and vacations and trips and conversations and meals and all the amazing stuff, the holidays, all that with, you know, shared future memories, right? Mm -hmm. I won't have. So now I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the future. And in both scenarios, past and future, I'm not dealing with the pain of what I'm going through, right? I'm actually just spinning. I'm spiraling. I'm not in it until I then come to what I'm actually feeling, mm -hmm. right? And cry it out until you're like, I don't know if there's any tears left, right, that can be shed. You don't even know if there's any air left or oxygen left to breathe and you can't even find your next breath at times right? And just feeling so hollowed out of everything. Until we confront that, until we go through that and find some semblance of a bottom, right? The proverbial bottom, hitting bottom, right? And that's different for everyone. And it's a free fall to that point. And it is only through feeling it fully. And that's what music allows for right, this certain kind of music that really holds us during that free fall until we shed that like last year in the sense, right, of, again, not the last year, there'll always be more, but that I am at the bottom of this um, infinite abyss, so to speak. But see, from the bottom, right, that's the good news. It sounds crazy, but that's the good news because it's only when the free fall seems to stop that we have some grounding to push off from back up, right? That's kind of the, the best metaphor I can use. For no, that's this. a beautiful way to describe it. Right, it's like now, okay, now there's some footing I can actually, I can actually push off from and rise and maybe rise slowly, but I'm gonna rise now. But I know the falling has, has stopped. And yeah, sometimes I'll go up and down a little bit, but there's now a rising that's available. And whereas before it was, you know, 
to use another metaphor, kind of like this tidal wave that just slams you like a brick wall over and over again. Well, suddenly now, by feeling it, the space between the waves starts to grow and the size of the waves diminishes a little bit and a little more and there's more space. And suddenly life can enter those spaces again, conversations, time with friends, right? Heaven forbid a smile. Right. right? Yeah, that smile right? takes a while. Mm-hmm. Takes a while, but it comes if we allow it. But it's usually us that gets in the way of the smile because of guilt. Like, how can I smile? How can I ever laugh again? How can I ever feel joy with that loved one no longer here? Especially when it's, I mean, you know, whether a child or, you know, just someone so profoundly close. But we, until we give ourselves permission, we'll block it out. And that certainly would be a shame, both for our own lives and for the memory of, of the loved one. No person would want that, right, for someone else, right? Like, we wouldn't want that for a loved one that survived us, right? So, but we have to give ourselves permission for that. And, and that's what becomes available until there's so much space that you're living this transformed life. And yeah, every now and then, right, there'll be that wave that, that overcomes your whole beingness that instantly brings a well of tears and a, a, a chill up and down your whole body. But then it moves through and it doesn't last three days like before. It lasts 30 seconds, you know, and it's a beautiful reminder for how much we love. Right. Mm-hmm. And. That's to me how I use music again, not just then, but all the time. It's not like we don't think of the person. I don't, I think of my sister every day. Right. I mean, it's, that's the nature of it. The the grief is always there. It's, it's now it's like, what is it transmuted right into? Because we, we grieve in direct proportion to how much we love that person. So if we kind of don't feel, you know, that much love for someone, we won't feel that much grief for someone. (laughs) But if we feel like the most universal profound love for someone, then the grief's going to be really, really hard. And yeah, it doesn't go away, but it shifts. You know, I like to think of it as, you know, imagine taking a glass of really dirty water from like, you know, a river, like a, like a marsh. And it's, it's just a murky, muddy water. To me, that's grief, right? The, the water is the pure love, but there's all this murkiness and muddiness and it's undrinkable and it, it doesn't feel like love and it certainly can't quench your thirst, right? But over time we filter it, right? Through processes like music and other types of modalities where now that murky water starts to clear a little bit, a little bit more until it actually turns back to clear water, right? All the silt has settled. And we're left with the pure love, the pure water, which can quench us, right? It's the same love. It didn't disappear. It didn't go away when they died. Uh, it's still there. It's a question of now what form is it taking? So every time I sit at the piano, like she's there with me, meaning the love for her is there with me. And I feel that love in the same way I felt it when, you know, we traveled together or went for dinner together or went for a walk together. It, it, it's still there for me. And that, I think, is what's ultimately possible for for everybody. Well, you just have such an inspiring story, and I think you inspire so many other people. I mean, I feel lucky that we have connected, and I get to share a little bit of you and the things that we do. I mean, definitely music was at the core of our foundation. We do talk about a lot of other modalities. Ben's father was Mm -hmm. in the radio business, so it was just always a part of our lives. And, you know, Ben definitely had that. But that's what, even in his illness, got us through 
That's was right. needed. It's so powerful. What do we say when when we don't have words, we turn to the poet, right? And right. And and then we say, but then when the poet doesn't have words, the poet turns to the musician, to music. And there's really truth to that because, you know, emotions are multidimensional. You know, we're never feeling one thing at a time, right? We might call it grief. We might call it, you know, anger. We might call it whatever. But actually under that is a whole bunch of layered and often tangled emotions. And especially with intense grief, it has to be parsed out. Uh, certainly there'll be, you know, anger that arises at some point. But what's what's under that? Right. There's so much that's under that. And music is itself a multidimensional language. Music has layers. It has harmonies. It has interweaving melodies. And so you can actually express abstract ideas through music. You can actually express layered ideas and express multiple emotions at the same time. Where it's very difficult, if impossible, to do that through spoken language. So there's a very specific reason why music is so powerful and, and why it helps us move through because it, it finds an expression for what words just can't seem to satisfy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, um, when we did that collaboration with the kids, we had music and they were drawing and it was so beautiful what was created from That's that. Right. I was really taken away by what was produced. That's right. Yeah, so that, you know, that experience is, is bringing together music and drawing and just it, it engages the brain and the whole being in a way that allows for complete expression in the moment, right? The drawing just, it's a forcing function into the moment, you know, and music as well, right? Music only exists in the moment. It is ephemeral. You can't grasp music. It, it's only by listening to it and paying attention moment to moment, you know, and in this way, it's the perfect analogy, right? For life and death in terms of a representation of the impermanent. And music can be that, that symbol, that experience of like, yeah, everything arises and dissolves. And we don't know, right, how long life is going to be. It could be tragically short. And it's about finding that appreciation, that gratitude for each moment uh, that we have with a loved one and each moment that we're here to experience the wonder of it all. Mm -hmm. And it is wonderful, as painful as it is sometimes. Mm -hmm. Both have to exist, I think. Mm -hmm. They both exist. And, you know, for me, music can uniquely hold the space for both joy and pain at the same time. You know, there's actually like studies of melancholic music, right? It's like, like well, why are so many of us drawn to kind of a, a melancholic sound? Doesn't it just kind of depress us? Well, no, it turns out there's actually this uplifting right, that takes place. Because in a sense, the music is reflecting, right, our emotional state and allows us to feel seen and heard, right? And no longer are we alone in our pain, right, which is so often the experience. It's like no matter how much people say they support us and love us and all, it's just all, so often you just feel so alone. I did, mm -hmm. you know, I just felt so alone in my own experience of grief, no matter how many friends and family and everyone was there and, and family that's going through their own grief, right? It's just because it's so unique and individual, even for the same person. Right. There's a connection that music brings that nothing else does. I mean, I, I certainly feel that way. And, and that's why I share what I share. And, you know, there's people who don't even know my story, right, in terms of the, the grief with my sister, that will come to a, a mind travel concert, a mind travel experience, 
they'll come up and share their grief story just saying this is what they heard through the music. I mean, that's the power of it is that it doesn't even have to be articulated so specifically. It's somehow it's, it's being communicated through the music. And when I sit down and play, you know, it's improvised every time. My intention going into it is I want to meet people like where they are. And then we all rise up together, right? It's not like I'm trying to sugarcoat the pain. It's not like, oh, let's have a spa day with the piano. You know, I'm, I'm saying, no, let's feel it. And it might feel worse for a little bit, but then let's, let's rise up together and heal each other, mm -hmm. right? That's like what's going through my mind and my heart as I go into the music. My hope is that it, that gets translated into the experience, but that's the honesty of music. Music is the experience like of itself, you know, and you know, if, if you're paying attention to it, then you can't help, but have your, your heart and whole body, you know, opened by it. And once mm -hmm. it's opened, whatever's there is going to come out. And so there could be feelings there that's been there for years. And suddenly people will start crying at the beach, you know, and, and they're like, I, I don't know where that came from. Well, they know where it came from, but they didn't know how much of it was in there. Right. Still in there. Yeah. Right. So your concert is a little unique in that you have headphones that yeah. are linked into, can you describe that? Yeah. So when I first decided to do it at the beach, you know, coming up on a decade now, I was like, yes, I want to bring the audience to nature. I want to be by the ocean. I want to be with the sunset. I want to be in the mountains, you know, whatever the setting is. So we can leverage that healing power of nature. But the one challenge of nature out there is that it's terrible acoustics, right? It's not Carnegie Hall. So, so how are they going to hear the piano in a very delicate, sensitive way? which is what the piano is. You know, I'm not a rock band just blasting music at you, right? Which you can get away with outside and just have huge speakers. But with the sensitive nature of piano playing, how am I going to actually communicate that sensitivity in that acoustic environment, which is not ideal? Uh, wind, waves, sound, you know, all kinds of things going on. So that's when I came up with the idea and I pioneered the whole idea of having wireless headphones for every member of the audience that I provide, right? My team provides when you come and check in, you get a pair of headphones and now we're all kind of in the same field as it were. Uh, so everyone's hearing, you know, of course, the same thing at the same time. And if you take the headphones off, you actually can't hear anything. It's totally silent on the outside. And that's also a metaphor for what our experience is, right? It's like our experience is an internal one right? It's, you can't see it from the outside. You don't necessarily see someone's pain as they go through life, right? If they're good at covering it up and they're going through the motions and their routines, like we don't even know the pain that some people are carrying, the burdens that they're carrying. And they could be our partner, our relative, our friend, our coworker, our colleague. And we don't even know, right? Until one day something happens, they have a breakdown or worse, right? They, they get into some addiction or God forbid there's suicide or something like that. I mean, this happens every day. And you're like, where did that come from? I didn't know. I didn't sense that. I didn't know that they were going through that. But we don't even know what's going on in the interiority of the people around us. People are embarrassed to share it. It's too painful to share. Uh, and they live with it in isolation. And so this experience is about all coming together with the headphones so that we're having our own internal experience. But then something magical happens where you look around and you see hundreds and hundreds of people each going through their own emotional experience together. Mm -hmm. And there's this bonding that takes place without ever sharing a word with somebody else. You just all get that you're on the same human ride. 
and that we're all going through stuff and it's hard and it's painful and yet there's possibility and there's healing and all that's available too. And so music holds the joy and the pain because one is a mirror of the other. You can't have one without the other. And that's the paradox and that's the possibility. The sooner we can hold all that as one, the sooner we'll find fulfillment and true love, not circumstantial, conditional love, not love because of, but just love, being it. It's a very different proposition. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite story of someone who has come up to you after a concert? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Just because of what we just spoke about, I'll, I'll just, I just, one came to mind, uh, but there's literally hundreds and hundreds. I had this uh, gentleman come up to me. So he's retired and he, he's a mentor for young teens. And he came up to me after a concert and he said, I just want you to know that I've been working with a struggling teenager, uh, 16 years old, who's dealing with uh, suicidal uh, ideation. And I don't know how else to reach him. I just was losing hope. And then I gave him a recording of yours and I told him about your music and he went and listened to it. And this young man came to back to his mentor and he said that he felt a new openness, a new sense of possibility. Mm -hmm. Now I haven't spoken to that young man, but I do know that he didn't take that dark path, that he didn't take the choice of a permanent solution to a, what of course is a temporary problem. And he maybe heard something like we said before, somehow he felt, you know, heard or seen through the music enough to just give himself a chance. I'm like moved just by thinking about that. I know you touch so many people and sometimes it would be overwhelming. I think to you, if you even knew the impact, you know, you just don't know who's in the audience. Right. And so I just do my best to show up as open and as vulnerable as I can to uh, give a sense of light, because I know how, how dark it could be. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm grateful to you and the foundation is grateful to you for sharing your story and giving people hope through yeah. music. Wonderful. And thank you so much for the work you do. It's so important okay. for all of us to, to be at this. You know, having such a powerful experience, I think, kept me going forward and knowing that whatever I was going to do on the other side would be equally as authentic. Yeah. And, and all too often, it's easy to be like, you know what, I'm just going to take a back seat. I'm just going to hide in the shadows. And, and, and it's understandable. And there's no right or wrong here. You know, it's like wherever, wherever you're at. But when you're able to muster that courage, and that's what true courage is. That's what bravery is. It's not about not having the pain or not having the fear. It's about having it and choosing to move forward one small step at a time anyway. And it's not like, oh, I don't have the fear anymore. I don't have the pain. I don't have that, that struggle at times. But no, we have it and, and we move forward anyway because that's, that's what others are going to see and hear and, and enable them to find the light and inspiration to move forward in their lives. Courage is contagious. And you see it in someone and you're like, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. It's like mm -hmm. the four-minute mile, right? It's like, oh, no, no, you can't break the four-minute mile running the four-minute mile. And then someone broke it and then everyone broke it. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's like this mental limitation. Mm -hmm. And those, so there's an emotional limitation that people sometimes have too, right? It's like, like I, well, I can't get through this. There's no way I can get through this. 
until you see someone else getting through it. And you're like, well, if they can get through it, maybe I can get through it. And, and again, not just getting through it, but like thriving through it, like being cracked wide open to a place where you can feel more after, to appreciate more after it, to take in the whole universe in a bigger way after. There's a size and scope to the universe that I, I didn't even grasp before the grief. As much as I was, I thought I was pretty present and pretty open person and pretty like dialed in, but before it's like the possibility. You don't even know don't the even expansiveness know. of what could be. That's right. It, with expansiveness, there's no limit to expansion. There is no limit. It is infinite. We live in an infinite universe. There is no limit to expansion. Love has no ceiling. Mm -hmm. You're never like, oh, I'm at the most I can love. <laughs> it will never happen. Do you have a favorite part of your work? Oh my, the favorite part of my work is um, when I'm completely in the zone of playing. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the point where I, 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 just, I try to get to like, it's just so open that I've lost myself. And it's me and hundreds of people on the train, you know, mm -hmm. and we're just all going. And uh, it's just a beautiful, timeless place. It is truly timeless. Well, I can't wait to be in your audience again soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much for this conversation.